The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees have not won since we've last done a Yanks Go Yard Podcast. The Yankees probably will not win for the next episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. But while you're wallowing in your sorrows, make sure to check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a message, drop us a line, give us a comment, let us know your thoughts, and find us on Twitter if you have to. We do live there, unfortunately, even though we shouldn't. Thomas, the Yankees have packed a 2011 Red Sox into a condensed three weeks. They are now a 500 baseball team playing like an under 500 baseball team, and they probably will not finish a 500 baseball team. They will not. Uh, It's what it's feeling like right now. I'm on vacation right now down at the beach trying to salvage this uh, last of summer that that I guess uh, we had had cut off due to everything that's been happening. Can't even enjoy that. But also, before I left for this vacation, if you were to have told me that the Yankees would have had a 10-run inning go against them and blow the game. And then uh, the offense were to not give J-Hap any run support after another very good outing. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised. And I probably would have said, you know what? I'm going to turn off Twitter. I'm not even going to bother with the box score. I'll probably tick off from the pod. Um, but no, that's, uh, that's exactly what happened. And the trend continues. Uh, however, I do have um, a kind of a sick thought, um, a sick positive thought. Um, this this is this is rock bottom. If it, if it gets any worse than this, they're losing every game until the end of the season. So what if this is like the rock bottom? We're at five hundred. We start to slowly get guys back, and then we've kind of been through this stretch of adversity and unforeseen circumstances that no other team has 
even come close to witnessing this year. And then we power through the playoffs. Who knows? I don't know. I, I, I kind of have, I, I have like, I have very, I have an underlying feeling that this could potentially be the moment that lifts us up because finally, finally we're seeing people say something about what's going on. The players, Luke Voigt's upset. You know, Garrett Cole spoke about it last week, but he didn't really have, he didn't have many strong things to say, but he nonetheless commented on it. Brett Gardner said something. Aaron Boone has said something now. Still not what we want, but at least it's something then, you know, let's focus on the positives. We lost 12 to seven after being up six to two. Um, so I don't know. I, I have a feeling uh, I could be an idiot, probably am, but that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I mean, once they got to 500, they, like once they got near 500, they had to fall to 500, right? There was no way Absolutely. they were gonna, like, there was no way they were going to go to one game over 500 and then be like, and today it begins again and win like <laughs> in a row. Um, so once they got near 500, then they approached it. They had to fall all the way down back. Um, I mean that, that, you know, whatever happens is gravy. Like you said, you're, you're positive now. I'm, I'm not negative. I'm not positive. I'm just dead. The six, two game on, on Monday did it for me. And I kept pretending I was dead already. Like saying to myself, like, well, now I don't care. Well, now they lost the Tom Seaver game to the Mets. Now I don't care. They, you know, Clark Schmidt comes in with two outs and two on and they surrender that lead, but whatever. I, you know, I'm done. I don't care anymore. I definitely still did. That 6-2 game took the last bit out of me, and I know that because yesterday I really, truly did not care. Um, you know, J-Hap has uh, – he threw a shutout against the Mets and last night's start probably the second-best start by a Yankee pitcher this year. Um, Hap's, Hap's got two of the best starts we've seen from any Yankee pitcher this year. Um, that, that's real life, and, and the only runs he surrendered yesterday were on a two-run home run by Jonathan Davis, his first hit of the year, second time this week that the Yankees gave up a game-winning home run to someone who's getting their first hit of the year, with DJ Stewart in Baltimore against Garrett Cole. Um, it's we, we like you said, it truly can't get worse. It, how does it get worse? I, I don't know. Worse? Losing the next, you know, eighteen games. That's, <laughs> yeah. not worse. That's, that's the same. That's the exact same. This team went sixteen and six. You know, it's well-trod territory. Uh, then seven-game losing streak. Then they won three in a row against the Mets, four of five against the Mets and Rays, uh, lost to the Rays, beat the Orioles, so won five of seven, right? Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. One five, no, one five of, uh, yeah, one, no, they lost the Mets game. So they won yeah. five of eight, uh, lost seven in a row, won five of eight, and now have lost five more in a row. That's really bad. Uh, they're, they're five and 15 in their last 20. The Red Sox are, are 15 and 29. That's really horrible, but this is a, a 10 and 30 pace. That's worse than the Red Sox by a wide margin. Uh, so it can't get any worse. They play the Blue Jays again on uh, on Wednesday night. They come home, face the Orioles uh, for four. The the Jays again, you know, it's just these teams over and over again, and now they're going to Yankee Stadium. So they're going to give you some more false hope. You have to not care, but you probably have to watch and keep yourself uh, poised and ready for, for the potential for something exciting. But if you still have, like, that overwhelming hope, the 
like this is the chase for 28, then you're sorely mistaken until we see something else from these fools. Um, but it, it is important to note that you just take my personal mantra, do not, don't care, like you, you can't care, but 12 and six over the final 18, uh, that should probably do it. Tick off the losses like that. Don't act like every loss is the end of the world. Give yourself a little mental leeway. You know, if, if they lose, they lose tonight. They got five more losses before they can't go 12 and six anymore. You know, so give yourself a mental runway uh, against these good, not great teams that they're facing. The Orioles and Jays. Hope the Mets will help us tonight with a, with a victory over the O's. They, they probably won't. But th- these are the things that we now have to hope for. The Mar- I woke up and saw the Mariners lost to the Giants and was like, oh, nice. Cool. <laughs> Never Great. thought we'd be caring about the Mariners doing anything at this point, but here we are. Never thought we'd be caring about the, the Mariners. And, and we're also just we, we shouldn't be rooting against the Mariners. Like if you were like, like yeah. either the Mariners or the Yankees could get the eighth seed in the playoffs, I would be like, fucking give it to the Mariners. Like I don't, yeah. want, I don't. But obviously, you know, I want my own team the postseason. And like you said, once you, you know, the, I don't want to be watching this Yankee season anymore. But I have no issue with with raise yanks in the first round of this awful playoffs like no because then all the pressure will be on the raise and that i'm yeah. fine with that there, there will be zero if we have any pressure on us going into a one versus eight playoff series with the raise then we've done we've done something bad even even worse than what we're doing right now um the thing that's kind of i mean i don't know the thing that's upset me most about this team is that now we're fine like now we have this this is undoubtedly rock bottom like we said if we lose the next 18 games that's just par for the course what's been happening I just don't understand why now people are getting vocal about the losing being unacceptable the lineup being dead the pitching not going out there with confidence the body language being awful the you know the fans every time you go on Twitter and you know you see something critical about the Yankees there's a group of idiots oh Yankee fans will turn on their players at a moment's notice bro it's like no, we saw this coming. This has been a slow burn just because they're sprinkling in these wins, like we said, which also were not at all enjoyable. They were painful wins. It didn't feel like you won the game after they had those, however many of those five, uh, five wins in that eight-game span was. None of them were. None of them felt like wins. It all still felt deflating because nothing went right. There was barely any there – was, there was no wire-to-wire, and if there was wire-to-wire, some there was some – action with the bullpen that made you nervous or you know the, the wheels came off of the starter and it started to get uh it started to get a little bit nerve-wracking um but that's just the thing I'm most disappointed by and I guess maybe if now that this is when they're t- they're starting to talk speak up and uh say something about their performance maybe this is the turnaround from the rock bottom I don't know I just think it's a point we should bookmark because it could it could be a very cool um, kind of like how we thought that that epic win against the Mets was going to be like, oh, you know, the Yankees do something special this year. They're going to look back on this five five run comeback in the in the top half of the last inning, and it's like, no, not right now. That just looks like a fun win over the nineteen and twenty four Mets, who still find the need to talk trash. There, and we're playing the worst baseball of any team in the league, and still have a better record than them. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, bookmark this player speaking out, coach being upset. Brian Cashman speaking of the locker room. This could be it. Probably not. Something to note. Yeah. Um, the Mets are, are also bad. And the Yankees Terrible. are bad. Those are two bad teams in New York playing each other in some bad, bad games. Um, this, I mean, rock bottom is rock bottom for a reason. You give the Yankees even the three wins 
uh, in the two Met games, they had four nothing leads. And in the, the Blue Jays game, they had a four nothing lead and they're 24 and 18. And we're not talking about this. And we're just talking about a little September swoon going into the playoffs, but they lost all three of those games and they lose a lot of games that they should have won. So even being generous and giving the Mets the Chapman game and the Braves, the Chad Green game and the Rays, the Paxton game where they came back from three zip in the seventh, like those, those should have been wins. And I'm giving those to the other team. Yeah. Uh, even being you know generous with my counting, what I'm counting as victories, this team should still be 24 and 18 at the very worst. So uh True talent mixed with horrible luck, and here's where you are. But it is leading to a lot of discourse about, for real, the 2021 Yankees and what this roster looks like moving forward. Unfortunately, we, we can't really compartmentalize the short season. We have to pretend like it's a real season because it's all we have. So we are, we are watching these games. We are seeing these players react. And so we are going to play a little game of who stays, who goes for 2021. Um, unfortunately, a lot more names on the chopping block than I think we thought there were going to be entering the season, and especially just a couple weeks ago. But now there are some people that have proven that they maybe uh, aren't quite to the level that we once thought they were, and now the discussion is at least open. So I'm going to open the floor. Who stays, who goes? Thomas, does Mike Talkman make it to the 2021 roster? Oh, Mike Talkman, the sock man. Um... I do think he stays. I think it's going to be tough for the Yankees in general. You know, as we're having this discussion and playing this game, I don't think they're an organization that will make knee-jerk reactions, especially after a 60-game season. They could. They could change course. But historically and um, what we've seen over the past five to ten years, they don't generally do that. Um, What we do know about Talkman is that Clint Frazier has surpassed him. So that will be – he he will be getting the bump down to – he'll be – Certainly a fourth or fifth outfielder at this point um, at best, because we don't know if Gardy's going to be back because he has a contract option. Um, but I think Talkman stays. He doesn't really have any trade value now. He's still on the cheap. He's a lefty. I think, and he plays solid defense. I think he's here. Yeah, I, I think Talkman comes back. But like you said, he's de-emphasized. And I think that's only natural. But, it, it, you know, we watched the Yankees do this with Greg Bird. Uh, for a really long time and and a lot of people have sort of called what Talkman has this year Greg Bird disease and I don't think it's crazy to compare the two both were you know burst onto the scene with incredible patience and an incredible batting eye and sort of impressive surprising power Um, Talkman became one of the best outfielders in baseball in the second half of last year and that's not really an exaggeration with the combination of his you know defensive skills power power potential on base skills, like just a really, really good left fielder. Um, and this year he, he's sort of missing on fastballs, middle, middle. So it, it, it makes you question everything you thought you knew about him. He's almost 30. Like he, there's not a lot of development here. If what you saw last year is what you saw this year, of course he's a part of the future, but I think unfortunately his reputation has taken a hit. He's back with his team because he's cheap and well-liked and we've already seen him do it before. So I, I don't, I don't see any problem with him being a de-emphasized fifth outfielder and a good bench piece, but I think a lot of us thought he was going to take a big leap this season that he did not take. Um, so let's move on to the man behind the plate. Uh, it's it's got to be talked about. Uh, is Gary Sanchez back next year? Did the Yankees move on from Gary Sanchez after 2020? Just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say no. If this was a 162-game season with fans in the stands and this was happening, the answer would definitely be no. He would not be back with this team. There would, there would be no way for him to salvage um, what, he, what he has done. Like I said, seen him, got, seen him get booed in spring training twice during a meaningless game. 
Um, he's you couldn't have gotten off to a worse start this year. Yes, he's had a couple of cool home runs, but that's not nearly enough to fix what uh, the the damage he's done to this point. Um, he's completely unreliable. Um, he's his defense, yes, has improved, but still is not where probably it should be. Um, if they keep him, I think it's just for the sake of continuity with Garrett Cole. Apparently the pitching staff, you know, has liked what they've seen from him on that front. Um, I am going to say, no, I'm going to say they trade him. I'm going to say a team like the A's pick him up and throw him in the DH spot. They fix his swing and then he's going to be raking in Oakland probably. It's a budget thing for me. I just don't know if they have the capacity to go after someone like JT Real Mukto as well as, uh, you know, re-sign DJ LeMahieu. These are decisions they're going to have to make. Um, and you cannot have a worse season than Gary Sanchez is having in 2020. I'm sorry. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, incorrect comparisons I've seen in recent weeks. Someone yesterday God bless Twitter was like Shohei Otani's hitting 192 with five homers and nobody's talking about him the way they're talking about Gary Sanchez. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, Grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. It's because 192 is like 60 points higher than 130. Like, that's why. 192 is a normal bad season, and 130 is the kind of season that gets you banished to the minor leagues. That's, that's well below replacement level. Yep. Chris Carter could run into some home runs, too, and he, he hit higher than 130. Like, or maybe he didn't, but... Either way, like the Chris Carter comparison isn't kind. I think Gary Sanchez is back, and I think a lot of people are frustrated about it. I think that's the be-all, end-all. Like the the right answer is he's gone, and I think the Yankees picked the wrong answer here. So I say he stays. Um, Now, what about Adam Adovino, who up until the postseason last year was one of the most trusted arms in in the bullpen for all the right reasons, you know, he would work in and out of trouble. He had a little David Robertson thing going on, kind of a mini Houdini. But in the postseason last year, he, he was the worst option out of the bullpen, uh, got relegated to sort of the middle innings and the end of blowout losses, and still couldn't prevent runs from coming across. His trademark control was gone. His command had disappeared. No one's biting on the slider when they know the fastball's eventually coming. Uh, and his meltdown in Toronto on Monday night has sort of been the number one most symbolic uh, moment of this slide just because of how far away he was from being confident. Um, you know, not even close. 6-2 lead, Chad Green struggles. We understand, but Adovino comes in and, and does, you know, the equivalent of pouring gas on, on a fire. Um, so, honestly, I, I never thought I would ask this, but do they try to find a way out of Adovino's contract before 2021? It's going to be tough because he's not cheap. Uh though this is a cheap deal for a team like the Yankees who needed bull, who wanted to build this monster bullpen. $9 million next year. Not many teams are going to pay for that, especially after what we're seeing this year. And the biggest concern that I had about him um, over the last couple weeks is are his strikeout numbers. He's got 15 strikeouts in 12 and two-thirds innings compared to the last two seasons where he's had 200 combined strikeouts across 144 innings. So that's 
that's a problem. Um, I think he stays solely because his because of his salary. I don't think the Yankees are going to. I think they'll. I think in they would be able to get rid of him if they eat salary. This this owner this ownership is not going to do that. They're not going to eat salary for for something uh, for something in return, whether it be a young player, or whatever. Um, I think hopefully that these issues get sorted out. It's only one more year, 2021. You have to figure they're trying to keep the integral parts of the band together to go for a world series when everything is back to normal. Um, but I think he's back. I don't know what's going on this year. This everything's upside down, but his strikeout numbers are a concern. And we just had a changeover in the, uh, on, on the pitching staff in terms of, in terms of the coaches. So I don't know what effect that's having on him or anybody else, but that's something to consider. A lot of guys aren't performing as they normally would, whether that be from that or from the shortened season or from the stop, go stop, who knows, but I think Otto's back. I think he stays too, just because this is something that can be worked out in 162 game season. Um, Even if they, you know, they're not going to start 16 and six and then go into this ridiculous slide every year. If Ottavino blows an April game against the Orioles next year, the microscope is not going to be the same as it is this season. And when he's good, he's too valuable to just let go in in a salary dump, especially when the salary is not prohibitive. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, it's, it's just worth talking about after he's become such a symbolic part of the failure this year. But I, I don't really understand why they would jettison him, especially when a bullpen goes so deep and there are so many more people that I would rather see gone before Ottavino you know, Sessa Holder, Ben Heller, there are people who are barely hanging on to roster spots that they probably don't need or deserve. And the team will be without Tommy Canely next year too. So that problem's not going away. Um, no reason to get rid of viable bullpen arms um, when obviously they're volatile, but that's why they're worth keeping at this point. Um, okay. The elephant in the room. DJ LeMahieu is a free agent. We've all assumed he'd be back. Um, but we also sort of all assumed for a long part of his tenure that Didi Gregorius would be back too. And then it became painfully obvious that the front office had no considerations about bringing Didi back. Um, nobody's talking to LeMahieu in public. Uh, they weren't in spring training, at least about an extension. And he's going to be a hot commodity, even with the weak free agent market this year and the weirdness of payment during the coronavirus crisis. Um, so, you know, Honestly, it's, it's got to be asked, is, is DJ LeMahieu back in 2021? I pray to God, but there is something telling me within that he will not be. Why? He is on the wrong side of 30, and he's going to cost a lot of money. And he deserves that money, but will Hal Steinbrenner pay him? I, I don't know. Do they value him enough to give him $20 million a year over four years? Because that's, that's probably what it's going to cost, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, does he also want to be on a team where he is constantly carrying the load the last two years? He's carrying the load for no results. Um, not the Yankees fault, but it's injuries. It's people not being up to speed at the right time. Um, it's players not, you know, bringing their a game when they need to. So, um, I think a lot of things are against the Yankees here. than you would think in terms of bringing him back. I think if they're going to do it and they're going to pay him this much, much Cashman is going to have to find a way to get rid of a Gary or theoretically get rid of an Ottavino contract that's on the books for 2021. Because remember, we have Stanton for the next 
25 years under what, $26 million a year or something crazy. We have Garrett Cole for the next eight years under $36 million a year. We got Tanaka to worry about this offseason. Do they want to bring back Paxton? I have no idea. I don't know what the deal is. My gut is telling me that they're going to find a way to screw this up and he won't be back, but I want him back and I hope he's back. I'm worried. Um, I, I'm going to say he's back for argument's sake, just because I think the team realizes that he's more essential than Didi Gregorius. Um, although clearly that was a loss that they, they had trouble stomaching this year because we ended up with Tyler Wade, Tyra Strata playing every day. Um, but the reason they let Didi go was in part because they had Urshela LeMayhew and Torres and had no idea what to do with all of those people. Um, now, when if you remove LeMayhew from that equation, it's wide open, but that's not good. Um, the, the only excuse for jettisoning LeMayhew is if you're going to pay Francisco Lindor a lot of money and shift Labor Torres back to second. Uh, but I wouldn't do that. I don't really see why you need to pay um, triple the contract to Francisco Lindor when you could be paying DJ LeMahieu on a much shorter term basis and letting Glaber prosper. Um, and the one thing to worry about and, and keep in mind is that the top contender for DJ services when we won the bidding last offseason was the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, now, will DJ be out of their pool this time around? Probably, theoretically. Uh, they don't spend money and they're probably not going to be willing to offer a four-year $75 million deal or whatnot. I don't think DJ is going to push the envelope in the negotiation process, but he's also not going to go cheap. Uh, he knows who he is, and this is his last chance to get paid. So I think the Yankees ultimately get it done for, for four years, 76 or so. Um, but I do think it's crazy they're making us sweat. Uh, it feels like uh, the Biden-Trump presidential polls. It's like, why is this even close? Uh, why, am I, why am I thinking about this in September and October? This should have been done in, in February. Um, I think he stays, but I do think it's, it's much sweatier than we think. And it's going to be really close to, to him going somewhere else. Um, so the final, who stays, who goes, uh, fellow you may have heard of by the name of Aaron Boone. Keep it simple. Does Aaron Boone survive the 2020 season? He's got a team option for 2021, which will be the final year of his contract. We Funny enough, we're talking about how he needed an extension before the 2020 season to avoid any distraction. But surprisingly, this has been kept, this has been swept under the rug, at least with the media. We haven't heard anything about his standing for next year or had asked him, hey, did the Yankees approach you about a contract extension? Because usually that's what happens when the team is in control of what your next season will be with them. Um, oh, man, I think he stays for the Yankees to decline this contract option and go look for somebody else under these circumstances and under everything that's going on right now would be absolutely insane. Um, that being said, they exercise his contract. He's on board for 2021. They don't win a world series in 2021. See Aaron Boone. I don't know who becomes manager after that, but it will not be him. And because especially we've seen him. Yes. He's been able to write the ship over the last two years, 2018, 2019, with these injury issues, we've gotten over 100 wins, but crapping the bet in the playoffs is unacceptable. You can win 150 games during the regular season. If you're not getting the job done in the ALDS or the ALCS, you're not Yankees material. Um, and now we're seeing even more of the cracks this year with the poor dialogue, the poor interactions with the media, the not holding players accountable, the terrible uh, personnel decisions in terms of pitching, in terms of um, orchestra. Uh, putting together the lineup, at least on a consistent basis. Like, for example, last night, we have 
and Duhar, who's starting to heat up a little bit, and he's batting eighth. Why? 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 And why is you know why is Gary Sanchez batting ahead of him? Like that. Those are the things that if those are catching if that's catching the fans' eye, that means we have problems, and that means the front office and ownership are seeing those problems as well. So I'm going to say he's back. 2021 is his final year. However, if we do not win the World Series. I think if they make the playoffs, even by the skin of their teeth, management can justify keeping them around. But if they miss the postseason in an eight-team playoff field after what this team has gone through this year and what it's looked like, he's gone. Um, and I, I, do have, I do have a solution. Uh, it's a short-term solution, and it would require some old-school Steinbrenner thinking from the sun. Uh, I don't know if he's got it in him, and I don't know if he's willing to take on the front office like this. But there's a manager who makes everyone better, who's already done it, who we've watched do it, and who's done it in pinstripes, and who's done it in the division, and has worked for the Yes Network, and is now available after taking a job at MLB Network, and that is Buck Showalter, who is younger than you think he is. He's 64. Uh, There's a lot of, like, you know, I think your initial inclination is that he's too old to do this again, and why would he redo it? Um, not looking for a Yankee manager for the next decade. I'm looking for a Yankee manager to finish this window correctly. It, it, there's probably another two or three years of the Yankees being these favorites before they have to make sort of semi wholesale changes to build a new core around Aaron judge and the late years of the Giancarlo contract. And they have to work Jason Dominguez in and all these things for this core. Uh, there's a, a different voice that's needed and Buck Showalter is available uh, and he's worked with the team in recent years, and that is going to be my off-the-wall pitch if they miss the postseason this year. I love it. I love Buck. I wanted him back when before they hired Boone. I didn't like the Boone hire. I, lo- I always love Buck Showalter. Um, I thought they needed a voice like him who's going to hold people accountable because you know he's going to rip people apart when they're not performing up to par or when you know they have poor body language on the field. So I couldn't agree more. I, I like that outside-the-box thinking. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to leave you with today. That is it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We will be back on Friday. Uh, we will once again be talking uh, the week of baseball action, and the Yankees will be in action against the Orioles at the stadium at the end of this week. Uh, whether that instills any confidence in you or not, I don't know. I can't help you. But once again, like I said, let the hope within you die a little bit so that it can be reborn. If you can't watch these games, don't watch these games. Uh, and we will be there to fill you in on what happens. Uh, So until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Also reach out to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Care a little bit less, folks. You know when you're not zoned in on these things and you're not trying to dissect every step of the way. Things kind of fall into place naturally. I think if we care a little bit less about the Yankees over the next few days, maybe things start to turn around. Who knows? Care a little bit less, folks. That's it. That's all we're saying. Uh, we will see you on the other side to recap whatever happens. And remember, whatever happens, you don't control it. You know, it's not on you. It's on the team. It's on the players on the field. And it has nothing to do with you. So go to the bathroom, uncross those fingers, and stop throwing that stress ball in the air because you have nothing to do with any of this. Uh, hopefully we got a happy recap for you on Friday, but either way, we will be there. See you, everybody. Goodbye. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Rest chin on ground. Look into distance. Bark for no reason. 
Check front door. Check window. Check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball. Lose shiny ball. Find shiny ball. Eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.